This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. If you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. Welcome to the show, Abby. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me here. Now, I found you because you make videos for your recovery and lots of them. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> you make lots of videos um on instagram and tiktok um i'll put the links also if anyone is following me and doesn't know you then they can check out you know the kind of stuff you post uh what's your sober date uh the first of april 2020 okay cool april fool's yeah. day yeah well when when, when i told like, some of my friends that i was getting sober they were like haha april fools and i was like no I'm, I'm actually really really depressed and i'm in a really dark place and i'm an alcoholic and they're like oh okay shit <laughs> you know what's crazy is my friend jules is english like her mom lives in england she's done a bunch of murals in london actually she's a muralist i met her in aa and her sober date is also april fools she was on my show in October, um, and we were talking about her sober date being April Fool's, and she was saying, like, it was basically a joke at first, like, because pe- no uh, one believed me that I was even going to be able to do it, you know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. stick with it this time, and they told me, they, they were like, just make your date the first, because it's going to be a joke anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and, know, it's a good way to start, because you, know, you just want to prove people wrong. <laughs> yeah, seven years later. I like having unique, you know, fun, you know, mine's Leap Day. Oh, of, nice. Of 2020. You know, it's not my original. My original date goes back to 2018. That's from Pills, but I slipped mm-hmm. with drinking for a little bit. And But so my sober date is Leap Day now. So, like, I think it's okay. cool having, like, random fun days like that um so when did you start making like videos about recovery you know how soon into you know april 1st because that's you're talking two weeks into quarantine and i know you're in Mm -hmm. england i don't know where in england but i know england was massively shut down if not still is and barely is open still so like there's no meetings that you can hit obviously you just Mm -hmm. can't go like do 90 and 90 you can do 90 zooms Is that, did you find making videos helpful instead of doing all that? I did. Well, I I started making um, like recovery content um, probably about like eight or nine months ago. Um, But when when I got sober, I started making Instagram content, but I was making fashion content uh, because like you said, like I got sober just right at the beginning of the pandemic when we went into lockdown and like, yeah, I knew that I needed a hobby. I needed something to do to fill my time with. Occupy your mind. Exactly, exactly. And like give myself like a creative outlet and something, give myself goals and stuff like that. So I started making fashion Instagram accounts because I love clothes and makeup and stuff. Um, 
yeah and then I was doing that for about I did that for about a year and then about a year in um I felt like I'd kind of it the fashion stuff had served its purpose I kind of completed that the project was yeah. finished and then because I was a year into recovery I was starting to feel like I had a, a little bit of experience and it was a topic that I could start to talk about and I could start you know helping others and, and doing that and that's when I started making recovery videos yeah because by then you have a little more confidence in your own recovery you learn some things along the way and at the same time let's be real you're learning how to make videos you're learning how to do transitions you're learning how the algorithms work so yeah. it's almost like you know, you you were taking your time into actually doing recovery stuff with, you know, no idea you were going to go that direction. But making the fashion stuff, it seems to, like, help you learn how to, like, make videos in general. It did. It did, absolutely. And it helped me get a job. So that's good. <laughs> oh, did, oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. So I worked for a marketing agency doing social media marketing. And then so doing all that kind of stuff, like... yeah. Help me yeah, because yeah, not everyone knows how to do like make reels or make TikToks yeah. or do all that kind of stuff. And it's always like so funny to me where like even my wife will be like, I need to like do this. I'm like, OK, well, just do this and then do that step. And then this step, this step, that step and then this step and then you're done. She goes, do you know yeah. how hard that is? You just told me to do it like it was nothing. I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like To me, it's just like screenshot this screen record this combine yeah. this and it's like, like nature almost, eh? <laughs> yeah i could put together a tiktok in minutes now if i know the song i'm using the hardest part for me is picking the right song and <laughs> do, sure. you know doing all that so okay now let's rewind some more then abby what is are you sober from are you what we call real deal alcoholic or are you sober from also drugs too I'm so alcohol is my like is my main problem is my main vice I'm sober from all drugs I'm yeah sober from everything and then but you know before before I got sober I was taking a whole heap of drugs <laughs> okay yeah but, but, but like, alcohol was your go-to yeah. your yeah, main thing yeah it's always been like it's like my best friend and my worst enemy it's always been like yeah, and, and it's different for you too, because it's got to be different. I know that, like, I have a you know, a sister I put in, you know, she was an exchange student that lived with us for a year. She might even be listening because I always see Germany listening to my podcast, and I know it was her because she told me, <laughs> so Christiana, if you're listening, so and I know, you know, what I mean, it, it's more acceptable to drink at a younger age just from talking to her. So, oh, yeah. you know, I, I know that it's acceptable to have wine with the family and to drink with the family at the holidays and whatever. So when did you have your first like drunk? I'm not even going to say drink because I know that you could have been getting, you know, slid drinks from seven. I don't yeah. even count them. When was your first drunk where you said, holy shit, this is it? I think pro I must have been about 13 or 14. So accurate. Like sounds accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking culture in Britain is just like it's just ridiculous. It, it's yeah, dumb. I was I always laugh at you watch a show Parks and Recreation. Yeah, uh, and that. when they went to London, the one episode, um, Ron's like, I wouldn't even know where to find a drink, and Leslie's like, What? There's a pub there. There's a pub yeah. there. There's a pub there. There's a pub there. There's a pub there. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Like, and binge drinking is like so. Like, it's it's part of British culture. Like, that is British culture. Like drinking to the point of oblivion, basically. Yeah, I listen to Adele, I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas, like, 
in in Europe they like they'll drink from a younger age but it's but it's like a wine with dinner or like yeah like, a, like you're like yeah you'll have a beer with your family or something and then in in the UK it's like it's... you will pass out at the age of 15. <laughs> yeah I remember my parents said they were at a bar in London once like having lunch and like ninth graders walked in and started ordering pictures and, oh, yeah. si- and they were just like so like blown away because like I was that age at the time when they were over there and they were like, they were your age. They couldn't have been older than you. And they're ordering beers and drinking. That. It was just, it blew our minds. Yeah. And it's just, it's so acceptable. So 13, you. you had your first, like, that was my first blackout. Mm. It was 13. It was, I was 13 when 99 went to 2000. And that was like my first blackout was that New Year's Eve. Oh, it was. When we all thought we were like could die at Y two K, like yeah, the year yeah. two thousand, when that all happened. So when did like the drinking become out of hand for you pretty quickly as a teenager? I say so. I mean, I so like thing is, it's difficult to say out of hand or to, to tell when it's out of hand with the British drinking culture with the binge drinking because like so my drinking would have been like way out of hand by the time I was sixteen, like compared to me, like. Yeah. America, yeah. Yeah, compared to America, whereas like in the UK, it's just so normal for sixteen year olds to go out on the weekend and just and get drunk in a park and it's like that's what it's expected of teenagers. I mean um, that's New Jersey. That's the <laughs> that's what it was like in New Jersey <laughs> where I grew up. It was expected to yeah. be at the park on a weekend and getting drunk. Um yeah. if it makes you feel any better, it's kind yeah. of expected <laughs> where I'm from. <laughs> um yeah. but I mean like out of hand at, to the point where it's like your parents or loved ones are like abby what are you doing um probably okay so like when i was when i was like <laughs> i was like 15 or 16. Um, <laughs> I was Not like, yeah i was really i was really into i still am now like really into rock music i was really into like the live music scene and i just thought rock stars were the best thing ever um, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to become a groupie. I want to go to all their parties. I want to, I want to fall in love with them. I want to do all this. I watched that movie, Almost Famous, the one I about. Got Penny, I got Penny Lane tattooed on my arm because of Almost oh. Famous. Oh my God, I love that. It's my I favorite. Love that. I used to call myself Penny Lane because I thought. Yeah, it's literally, it's the, it's the shape of the, the whatchamacallit, the oh, street sign. That's amazing. Because I'm so obsessed with that movie, Almost Famous, oh. that I needed that tattoo. And. It's one of my favorite carpool karaoke's with James Corden. Oh, Tiny Dancer. Well, no, when um, Paul McCartney comes on and they go together and then they're going around and they talk about Penny Lane. They literally oh, go there. Yeah, oh, yeah it's it's a really good one. They go all around. Um, oh my God, where the hell is he from? Um, blank. Thank you. Yeah, they go all around Liverpool and like they go to his old house. Oh, and, he, and like the people are like, oh my god, <laughs> like Paul yeah. McCartney's here. Yeah, Liverpool as well. Like. Yeah, like and like he's just walking around town with like James yeah. Corden singing. It was, it's such a cool like little segment. But yeah, I love that movie. That's I can not- totally see you wanting to be like you know a groupie or no, what yeah. do they call themselves? They didn't call band-aids. Band-aids. They weren't groupies. They were band-aids. Yeah. Band-aids. I saw that movie and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like, and I was like, I just don't want to be, I want to be like her. I want to be like them. Anyway, so like, yeah, I started when I was still at school, I started like going to like all these rock shows and, and, and partying. How old are you? I'm trying to get a gauge of like, who's big then? I'm 34. Oh, you're my age. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah. I just turned 34. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was, not, it was a lot of like UK bands. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go cut uh, school and see Oasis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're uh, Irish. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oasis. No, they're, they're English. Not... They're English. Yeah, they're English. They're from okay. Manchester. They're okay. Uh, yeah, not really my scene though. They're a bit, bit before my time. Oh, sorry, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I started like hanging around with all these like rock bands. I started to go to like after show parties, and I was just partying all the time and missing a load of school, missing so much school. Um, yeah, yeah, I, turning it up to school like hungover, like. They don't like, like, like that. They don't like that. They don't like that at all. But um, my main pro- my priorities weren't like getting grades or, or or my future or anything. My priority was having sex with older men, like and and drinking and doing drugs and that like continued and until I got expelled from school for not showing up. But they were like, you do need to go. They got they got to cause my my school basically knew what I was doing. Um, like I didn't I didn't keep it secret. No, <laughs> No, and that's the thing is that's high school girls, they're not going to keep a secret. They no, want no. to be able to brag about what they're doing on the weekends and who exactly. they're doing on the weekends or where exactly. they're going on the weekends. Like, And if you're living this wild, crazy, Penny Lane, almost famous lifestyle, yeah. you're going to want to brag. Let's oh, yeah. Because <laughs> this is like, <laughs> oh, oh, my God, Almost Famous came out in 99, 2000, and you were literally on the cusp of becoming a teenager and discovering exactly. alcohol as Almost Famous came out, which meant it would have been popular on DVD in 2001. Now it's all adding up. Yeah, now, perfect time for me to, to have this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks Cameron Crowe. <laughs> yeah, thanks Cameron Crowe, you ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, like, oh, the, the head, our head of year, um, who is like, wasn't, he's not the headmaster, but he's like the, the head of our age group, I'd say, um, to explain to, an American. Um, <laughs> so our head of year like knew um, which bands that I'd go and hang out with and I'd go party with and he'd check their tour dates and then he'd be like right I know this 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 band are going on tour like this date if you're not here if you're not in this school you're gonna be in so much trouble blah, blah, blah. and I was like oh yeah yeah cool um, and I still like went. <laughs> so wait, this head of year thing you gotta now let's back to as head of year does that mean that somebody, one of your peers in your class is the head of the class or you have a teacher that's the head no, of the class? So oh, we, I was going to say, who is this narc that, so we, that is like, I know where you're going, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> little snitch. Yeah, who uh, takes yeah. that job? Take your feet up. <laughs> no, like we call grades years. Yeah, I knew that part. Years. I knew that. Yeah. I knew holidays or vacations and... And I know your your dates are the other way, you know, and you say process and not process. I I know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I try to say process. I try to make a conscious effort. My wife always laughs to say process and not process. Yeah. Because I'm like, they're right, though. It's the right <laughs> way to say it because pro, if somebody goes pro, we don't say go pra. We say go pro. So it's process. Our place yeah. is progress, not perfection. Not progress, not perfection. <laughs> and she was like, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> oh. So I try to, like, fuck with people and say process. This way they go, what did you just say? I'm like, it's the right way to say it. Like, <laughs> it's the right way. Trust me. So you guys do say, <laughs> don't worry. I, I'm caught up on some of the English 
you know, I popped 38% on my ancestry of English, so I had to get a little bit, you know, cultured. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I did skip a free trip to London once, though. That was to London and then to Scotland with my family for 10 days because I knew I would never make it 10 days without withdrawing. So oh, yeah. I decided to not go on that trip and told them that I would just stay back and work instead. Um, so, yeah, that was and it's weird because I literally just talked to a girl from Scotland the other day. Mm-hmm. And so I'd never talked to anybody from Europe yet on the show. And now Scotland the other day and England today and had what a couple of Australians, had a couple of Australians in September that were oh, random and they didn't know each other. I just found them in support groups. Because I'm in like Facebook support groups and people post their stories all the time. Like, hey, tell your story here. All right. So now (laughs) Abby is bouncing around the high school and you basically you are getting threatened of (laughs) this teacher is basically watching this band travel to see if you're going to travel with them. When is it it when you're kicked out? So I got kicked out of school when I was 17. What year is that for you? That is year 12. Do you guys have 13 years? Yeah. So there's okay, year I thought so. And then, and then, yeah. And then you Okay. Because I remember my sister came back, and then she had another year, even though she graduated at our school, and then she came back and I do it again. Mm-hmm. All right. So now when you get kicked out, are your parents upset? Like, do they, yeah. know, why, do they know why you got kicked out? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I grew up with just my mother, and then, yeah, at that point, she was just like, like I just don't, I, I don't know what to do with you. Just do what you do. Do what you want. You're gonna do it. Do, you can do it anyway. So just do what you want. And I was like, yeah, cool. Yeah. By that by that point, like I didn't I didn't care about. I had. No Are you an only child? No, I have two brothers and a sister. They're all older. Okay, so that's that's the do it you do that. Okay, so I was close. Yeah. A mom, a mom would have always said, "Do whatever you want. You're gonna do whatever you want anyway." To the youngest or the yeah. only, pretty yeah. much their yeah. last. Their yeah. last one is where they go, fuck it, do whatever you want. Uh, what, you're yeah. not going to listen. You're not going to listen. Just do it anyway. <laughs> you know, That's they it. know better. That's it. And my brothers and my sister, they're all, they all did really well in school. They all did, like, they've all had, they're all, they've all got families, they're all married. They've all had, like, very kind of, like, um, I don't know, good, traditional. Traditional. Kind of, like, traditional. I call it traditional. Yeah, my yeah. brother and sister are the same way. And yeah. then there's the black sheep, you know, yeah, where it. it's like. Yeah. You know. They're a bunch of normies. Um, so I think by the time it got to me, my mom's like, I've got three kids who did like really well. Three out of four isn't bad. Like, that's do whatever you want, Abby. I got three yeah. other ones that I can talk about on Facebook for right now. That's it. exactly. <laughs> so you know, I just was like, I just took that as a as a sign that I should, all hell should break loose. Yeah, um, and, and 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 why and why shouldn't it? You know, and I remember that time. You know what I mean? I'm sure yeah. it's different in England and it was in America, but it's not that much different. Like the way technology was changing around the time that when we were graduating high school and you know becoming adults, you know, in the mid 2000s, it was a totally different time than turning 18 now, right? Because yeah. like the technology was there, but it wasn't there. It was a little bit there, but not mm-hmm. all the way there. There was still some, like, sense of 1990s, if you will. Yeah. Like, you couldn't just FaceTime me at any time. You couldn't just see my location wherever I was. Hmm. You, all that stuff, like, even, like, Facebook right away, none of that was even around until, like, 2010. Mm-hmm. You know, before that, the smartphones, they were definitely the dumbest kids in school. Because <laughs> <laughs> those smartphones and, like, the Blackberries, they were not... 
So I feel like we could get away with a lot more than than kids can get away with now. Are you living with your mom this entire time that you're kicked out and you're just, she's like, you can live here, just do whatever the fuck you want anyway, I don't care. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> no, okay, that no, that makes sense because like it adds up with you know the patterns. So now, do you go to, do you go to another school or are you just like do you guys have a GED in England? How does that work? Well, I went to I went to another school. I went okay. to like so the school that like the school I initially went to it wasn't a particularly good school. It was like a like a like a regular school, and like the and then the school that I went to was because I didn't know like I didn't have to go to school. I could have got a job or whatever, but well, I didn't want a job. That was just like no, no, <laughs> no way did I want a job. And then like I didn't know what else to do with my life. Like I was like oh, and then all my friends were at school, so I was like oh, I guess I go to this other sc- other school. And it was like the worst school in the area. It was terrible. Um, and by that point, like I just had I didn't care about my future whatsoever. All I what cared about was drinking and drugging. And um, so when I went to this really crappy school, like it, like my I. I I had even less of an interest in my future, um, and so I started, I started doing like loads of coke at school. I met I met this guy. Um, oh, here we go. Yeah, who he was he was really into, into that kind of stuff, and he was just like one one day on a lunch break, he was like, "Hey, do you want to do some cocaine under the stairs?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah." Um, and yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I ended up living with him at one point, like a few years later, when he was dealing coke, and it was just God, the most terrifying thing. It was horrible. that's the story for another time. Uh, oh wait, you're telling me that living with a coke dealer isn't doesn't have a safe, warm feeling with it? Yeah, accompanying with that. it. <laughs> it's so weird. Even in England, there's coke dealers. They're shifty, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. never quite it's know horrible. what's going on in their head. Yeah, <laughs> not as glamorous as you might think. Um, no, no, I've seen some movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and done some but, blow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I like, oh, so I went to this other other school, and then I was like, right, I really want to move to London. This whole education thing is not for me. It sucks. Um, and the only, the, the best way that I knew how to move to London, so I, I grew up just outside London. Um, okay, that's what I was going to ask you next, because you're talking about, so London, that, yeah. that's, you know, UK, how far are you growing up from London? Like, um, like 30 minutes on the train. Okay, so and you go in, so it's easy to hop over into London frequently to see shows yeah. and all that kind of stuff, because yeah. we would go to Philly or New York City from New Jersey, and it yeah. would be pretty quick. Um, so, but you want to live in the city so that you don't have to take the train, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, I don't want. I wanted to. I want to live by myself. I was. I was 18. I was a grown up. I wanted to. You were like, ready, mature. Yeah, I was, ready. I was so ready. So ready. I didn't want to have to answer to anyone. I was. I was ready to start my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah. But like, the e- uh, the easiest way that I I thought to like move to London would be to go to university. So I got like like one grade, I got one A level, which is like the the exams that you take to get into. You need to have at least like three. Um, yeah, the exams that you take to get into university. I got one, so I got into like the worst university in London. It was in the East End of London. It was basically like a prison, like it was, or like a oh man, it was yeah, it was not a good university it was yeah, it was like a hall pretty much. And I don't even know what I'm supposed to be studying. So I went, I went 
Um, and I went to like the first lecture um, and took the student loan and then never went again. And never went again. And I spent the whole, the whole of my student loan on drugs and alcohol. And I'm so horrifically in debt because of it now. <laughs> I, I went to one class, one class. <laughs> And you can't even tell me what the class was to tell me what you learned in that one class for that debt. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> but at least you got high with that debt, you know. I, I did, a I lot did. of us accrue a lot of debts in addiction. And whether they're debts of for meant for college <laughs> or yeah. debts from our parents' purse, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we all accrue debts while we're in addiction one way or another. That's it. So, That's it. you know you're not a college graduate from that school i'm going to take I, a get <laughs> i am they, not <laughs> they have not passed along your certificate um but you could stay living there though yeah 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 i was like, like yeah we have like student halls like it and bear in mind this is like the worst university in the country yeah. <laughs> our, our halls was like um it was converted government housing basically um and like we, there wasn't like a oh what do you call it like a resident advisor and stuff like that okay. like like this was not like the the universe like the colleges that basically I you're living it sounds like you were living in a hostel and Pretty they much. were saying it <laughs> so it was a hostel of students so it's like there was like there was no adults there it was like, hostel adjacent yeah <laughs> yeah there was there was no adults there. It was just students, like, and we were just in this complex, and we were so just it's mayhem. Run free. It's mayhem. Sorry? It's mayhem. It was, yeah, it was mayhem. Yeah. Because I'm was. sure you're not the only one in that complex that is, you know, not running an honest program. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, all my friends were going to lectures. They're all studying. Oh, good uh, for them. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how hard. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> but they were going to the classes that they were paying for. You just weren't. I just wasn't. Um, so when, because you you got a year, did, did you have any times in your 20s where like you tried to quit drinking? No, no, definitely How, not. No. Okay, so what happened after co college? <laughs> University. So I'll I'll give you I'll give you like the the short version because okay. honestly I could. No, it's about myself for hours well, that, that's <laughs> why you're on the show is to talk about yourself you're not on that's here true. to talk about me that is true <laughs> so uh, you can give me any version you want to talk if you want to give me the long we have time so, so after after um after i went to university and i use uh air quotes for that yeah. <laughs> after i, I arrived at university and took their check yeah i took their check which i have not paid back yet um, <laughs> I've not even started paying it back actually. That's really it's bad. Fine. Nine um, step amends means you're willing to make them at any time. It doesn't mean yeah. you have to make them now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's coming. Uh, so yeah, I, I carry on living in London. I started working hosp hospitality. I was like waitressing. Decided I wanted to get into radio. I wanted to be a radio presenter. So I did like loads of um like kind of like low level radio jobs like internships and yeah just basically making coffee for radio producers and stuff i did that for a couple of years and that was like i was working with a lot of people who were older than me there was a lot of cocaine about a lot of drinking which i which i obviously loved so i carried on that lifestyle and then i got into club djing um 
uh, and I did that for a year or so, which also, as you can comes imagine, with drugs and comes yeah, with drinking uh, yeah, and blacking out. So. Yeah, even more so. And then still having the time of my life, like this um, is what I'm supposed to be doing. Exactly, exactly. And then, and then, um, what followed was like uh, ten years of me traveling around the world, living out of backpack, doing drink drinking and drugging basically um in 2011 I was like, like I'd been living in London since like 2007 by that point and I was like oh I'm bored now like I'm not I'm not gonna get a job like I don't I don't know what I want to do for a career anymore like I, like, I don't know what to do you know what I you know what, what a really good idea is to get a one-way ticket to Thailand so I got a one-way ticket to Thailand and then that was that was 10 years pretty much Thailand. I got I got my backpack. So I, I flew to Thailand ten years later and I'm sober. And I don't know what happened yeah. since. This episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo. We have a Cash App. We have a PayPal. We have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. If you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. <laughs> how are you traveling around, though? Were you with somebody? No, no. I went, I just went on my own. I went solo. I was like. I wasn't gonna sit around waiting for my friends to get their act together and come to Thailand with me. I was to like, get their act together. Do you hear you? <laughs> <laughs> you said for my friends to get their act together <laughs> and drink every day with me. You know, yeah, like fucking adults. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Quit their jobs and abandon their careers to get drunk with me. Leave those <laughs> kids behind. That kid can barely talk anyway, Sharon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I didn't even, I didn't even ask them if they wanted to come with me. I was like, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going ya. to Thailand. How long? But how long? How long did you stay in Thailand? Well, in Tha- well, I was, in, I was in Thailand. Well, initially, only like a month. But I ended up living in Laos for like four years. I lived in Cambodia for six months. Um, in this time, I did go home to visit. I went back okay. to London to visit every now and then. Hey Ma, back again a little bit. Yeah. Feed yeah. me. I know I look like horrible, but it's going because I'm traveling. I don't look yeah. like this all the time. <laughs> what are you doing for money? So um I was working, I was bartending. I was okay. bartending. Yeah. So like when I was living in Laos, I lived in this town called Bang Dieng. It's it's famous on like the backpacker circuit for being like very hedonistic, um, which is why <laughs> I loved it so much. Um, are you hedonistic? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> a bit. Only, on the, only on the bad side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Um, this, uh, this CNN porter, reporter came down, like a travel reporter came down once, and then he described it as if the t- it was as if the teenagers had taken over the world. 
Um, oh, is that like that? Is that like the movie The Beach? It was. It, it yeah, it was that kind of vibe, I guess. But where we where we were, so I. It, that's what I think of right away is you know the beach and yeah. not many people well, even know that movie but you know uh, yeah. of course you do because it's we if you know almost fame if you know yeah. the beach and almost famous we're going to be good friends Abby yeah. <laughs> because sure. those are two movies that no one really even like people look at the Penny Lane tattoo and they have no idea what uh, it means they're like I don't get it. I'm like it's a Beatles song like I never heard of it it was on the radio I'm like I hate you I hate you so much. <laughs> hey, I'm not even going to try to explain. Yeah. Almost famous to you. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it was um, the same kind of Southeast Asia like vibe as the beach. Um, so the town that I lived in in Laos, it was like in the mountains by a river, and like the the what brought most of the tourists in was the party scene. So we would go tubing down the river, and there was um, initially there was like about 20, 25 bars on each side, like each side of the river. You'd start at the top in like an inner tube, inner tire tube, you'd sit in it and you'd float down the river and people would, like the locals would throw out ropes into the river and then you on your little um, tire thing (laughs) would grab the rope and they'd pull you into the bar and then you'd get drunk and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then you'd jump into your other ring, your little, rubber ring and then you'd go down the river again so i worked in those bars um so yeah tire people crawl through <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah um it ended up like they ended up shutting the town down after about initially after about me being there for a year because too many people started dying um, they shut the whole town down they're like this yeah. isn't going to be a town anymore yeah yeah, and they shut down all the bars. Well, I mean, the, the town was still there, but they shut down all the bars. No, but yeah, they're tourists. like, yeah, like, hey, you're not going to be a t- tourist attraction anymore because yeah. you lost the right, too many tourists are dying. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And and here you are, just sweet little Abby, like, but I live here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what am I going to yeah. do for work? So, well, I'll tell you what I did to work for work. I went to Cambodia and then looked like, up, like most like normal in a Brits. beach bar. <laughs> just yeah. right along to Cambodia. Yeah. What exactly. made you decide Cambodia next? Because they also had a thriving party scene of backpackers. Um, so yeah. it was literally it was you were literally driven there by the backpack. Like you you said to yourself, okay, where do backpackers go from here? Oh, they go to Cambodia. It must yeah. be wild there. I'll go there. Yeah, yeah, and I had some friends down there as well. Okay, so yep. you did have friends there. So you just like showed up and you're just like, hey, I'm here. Yeah, can I work, work. here now? Yeah, yeah, can I work here now? <laughs> yeah, I can't, if you told me to find Cambodia on the map, I wouldn't be able to. And I know it's a country. Yeah. And I, I know <laughs> I've heard of it before, but I would not be able to point at it on a map. And I just know that about myself because that's what happens when you fucking go to school in, our, in this country is yeah. they don't bother to teach you about all the other countries. <laughs> Public school education. Well, it's next to Thailand. Okay, so you weren't traveling too far to Cambodia. No, not at all. Okay, not I know Laos is. I know Laos is that. I know Laos out there again because of movies, and Vietnam, <laughs> and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So any it's Vietnam movie Canada. mentioned Laos. That's yeah. you know I think a deer hunter. Um. <laughs> so and that's a crazy. They, they, what are they doing in that? Oh, it's the Russian roulette that they're doing in that movie. And those like bars in Vietnam that was fucking crazy, or Laos that was crazy. 
Okay, let's get back on track. That's you get the Cambodia now, and you're there for six months. Yeah, and then I and then I end up going back to Laos. What? Why did you decide to go back? Oh, because they opened all the they opened all the bars again. It all it all opened up again. It was like a completely temporary me- measure. It was all okay. <laughs> okay, everybody, they left. We can open them back up again. Yeah. <laughs> the people that told us we had to do this left. So now we can open the bars back up again. Party yeah. back on. Just don't say anything. Yeah, it wasn't like. It, it was very different from what it used to, from what it was before. Like where there was like 20, 25 bars along the river, like in the olden days. And then like when they reopened the town, it was, they had like three or four. Okay. Yeah. So, so they, they condensed like, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But the party scene was still thriving. It was basically a place that I could live. So I was getting, I was getting paid basically in food, alcohol, drugs, accommodation and my visa um which was just like perfect for me I was like in my mid to late 20s at this point and um but no rent yeah mid to, yeah no rent like I basically I had literally no responsibilities like I'd wake up in the morning and the only thing I had to do is just go to the bar to work and get drunk um like I literally I had no bills I had like yeah just nothing like literally just like this completely carefree lifestyle um which is why what, i stayed there for so long what happened well <clears throat> something has to happen where you're like i don't want this lifestyle anymore oh well it's not that i want the lifestyle anymore but i wanted to move to australia for a bit um i wanted to make some money and we have so many, the uk has like a, a visa deal thing with yeah from australia. when they made when they made australia the jail many years ago yeah exactly <laughs> that's where you guys were sending all your criminals was to australia yeah. as a way like get off our island and go to that island yeah. <laughs> australia was built on criminals from the uk it was. It was. so i'm not surprised that they have that visa deal because you get what an extra six months or some shit i think like there's like you get extra time when you're in australia as opposed to other countries or and you're in canada i think yeah, right. so it's like under the Commonwealth. So yeah, they have that's what I thought. The visa that I was using was um, a working holiday visa. So it's working holiday. So it's Australia, Canada, and New Zealand. Um, it's like yeah, up until the age of thirty, you can go and you have a two-year working holiday visa. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you, you have working rights for for two years. Um, and I think I must have been like 29 at the time and I was still in fucking Laos, <laughs> just doing the same thing every day, drinking and drinking, shotgunning beers, like all this kind of shit. Um, so I was like, oh shit, I better go do my Australian visa. So I went to Australia. Okay. Because, yeah, isn't the dope like crazy in Thailand? Like heroin and shit? Um, well, I, I didn't do anything. You're an upper, you're an upper girl. You, you I am want, a bit of an upper girl. I am an yeah. upper girl. I was well. I did. I smoked a lot of opium when I was. Asian. Okay. <laughs> You're like I'm an upper girl, but I just smoked a little bit of a lot of yeah. bit of opium. Well, like the drugs in Laos were like weird because well they didn't have anything they didn't have anything good. So like in terms of uppers, it was meth or meth. So, <laughs> so I smoked meth, obviously. <laughs> we got we have options for you, Abby. Meth yeah. or meth. <laughs> But yeah, that's it. So you know, you had to go with meth, um, naturally. And then they had like they had a lot of like yeah, they had opium. So I went through a little bit of an opium phase. That was quite fun actually. 
um <laughs> it was like i didn't take it too far it was like a it was like a, maybe like a four month phase of, of, of oh, that's it. That's yeah it. So, yeah so it's like casual opium standard casual opium <laughs> yeah. you know like the normies yeah like the normies. Um, and then they have like a load of like psychedelics so it's like a lot of mushrooms okay yeah. um yeah like the drug, drug choice wasn't like great yeah don't they have what's that um what's that what's big out there not what's that makes you like trip but not what's that called um us i'm blanking on the name what what it makes you it makes you trip it's not opium it's um oh my god like all these like big actors like will smith's been talking about it like but yeah it's you know you go into the these retreats and you go into a tent ayahuasca thank you oh my god yeah that's south america south america okay Okay, I knew it was some kind of like exotic country. Yeah. That, <clears throat> you know. Okay, so opium, a little bit of opium. <laughs> now you go to Australia though. Where do you go to Australia? Do you go to Sydney or do you go to like somewhere specific? I went to Melbourne. Yeah, friends. I, I got a job there. It's had like my. I basically took the drinking lifestyle that I had in Southeast Asia and carried that over to. Australia so I was I was still like, like yeah I mean if I'm looking if I'm like looking at an imaginary map in front of me that's not that far of a, a ride southeast Asia down there yeah. Australia it's like a hop skip and a jump and you're there exactly pretty much that's pretty one of the closest flights you can take to Australia probably okay so yeah. um did you already have friends there uh I had like one friend there you're an extrovert, aren't you? Though you I'm can like extrovert. walk in and just like make friends with people really easily. Yeah, like I, you're not yeah. shy to walk up to strangers okay. to be like, "Hey, I'm not from here. Where are the yeah. drugs?" <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, that's it. I'm fairly sure I've used that line in the past. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much my vibe. Yeah, yeah, like. Like I'm a bit of a lone wolf in a way. Like I like to travel alone. I like to go out. <laughs> no, I get that. Yeah, I mean I all the like and yeah, I'm like obviously I don't do this now, but like back in the day, like I'd be be able to find like the party like very very easily. Yeah, we're you know I didn't go country hopping like you did. I went state hopping. You know what like, I mean? So like I was all over here. Because I kept running, you know, I was running from my disease because I knew I had a problem. You were enjoying your disease and going to the places to thrive with your disease. And I'm in, I'm just like running from it. And so I get the whole like lone wolf, like no one come with me because I want to destroy myself. I'm perfectly good at destroying my own life by myself. I don't need your help, you know, kind of thing. That's it. And it's only in retrospect that I've actually seen and that's how, that's what I was doing. Were you um, single the whole time too? It sounds like you might have been single the whole most of the yeah, whole entire time. Yeah, I yeah. So was I, I. Yeah. I mean I was going like I was in and out of relationships and stuff. I had but... one serious one, it lasted three years. And it was yeah. a childhood best friend and you know it, nice. and it's suicide. Um mm. but you know, her, not me, obviously. I'm, I'm still here. Um, but I got to laugh at it because the only way I could feel better about it. Um, yeah. but you know, I, I, I didn't want any relationships though. Mm-hmm. You know, I was with her because we were childhood best friends and we loved each other. But like, yeah. besides that relationship, I didn't want anybody with me when I was, I, I want to do this with my own life. I don't need yeah. to bring anybody down with me. Let me go on my own. 
I'll make friends anywhere you want to send me. I'll sit down at a bar and I'll make friends with a guy sitting next to me. If I'm doing school pickup, I'm making friends with the other dad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just, it's, I can't help it but to talk to people. That's why I do this podcast. Yeah. I, I love to talk to somebody every day from all over the world. I don't care if you're in England or you're right next to me. I need that kind of connection where I'm just like getting to know somebody and getting in your head. So, like, I didn't want to bring anybody with me because I wanted to just, like, meet new people along the way. Yeah. yeah. You know, and how was Australia then for you with meeting all these new people? It was good. It was good. Yeah, I loved Australia. I loved Australia. But, yeah, like I said, like, I I, I carried on, like, my, my partying and, like, the, the rate and amount of which I was drinking. Um, yeah, Melbourne's not for the sober. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I think that that was probably around the time where I was starting to realize that it was that I that it was really a problem that I was in a, that I was definitely like suffering from alcoholism, like for sure. I think around that time. When did you finally come home back to England? Uh, She's like, I'm in Laos still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm alive to you from Laos, JD. Yeah, <laughs> like two weeks, like two weeks before I got sober. Oh wow. Okay, so. That make okay. That makes sense because then your your a visa was expiring, right? Well, yeah. Well, well, I was in Australia for two years, <laughs> and then and then I went over and then I went over to the states and then lived in the states for a little while. And then well, I lived in- welcome. Where did you live? Yeah. I lived. I lived in New York. Um, I lived in Long Island. Um, so <laughs> Long Island of all places. So who who advised you, Abby? Why would you go to <laughs> Long Island? No, you can't get anywhere from Long Island. You might as well be in the fucking province <laughs> of PA. It's still a two-hour ride to Manhattan. But if you're in Long Island, you might as well live in Jersey or Pennsylvania because it's the same distance into the city. It was awful. People don't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you have friends in New York City? Okay, I mean, so everyone's got friends in New York City. I mean, yeah. Okay, so this is what happened. I did two two years of like self destructing in <laughs> Australia. What had happened was, <laughs> <laughs> I did two years of self destruction in Australia, and then I was like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the UK. I'm gonna see my family, and then I'm gonna go to Mexico. And I'm gonna go destroy myself in Mexico. And South then America, I had a, I had a visa for Canada, so I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna just go destroy myself in Mexico for a little while, and then I'm gonna go up to Canada and start working again, and that's when I'm gonna get my shit together. Um, that didn't happen. I, I did my I did my two years in Australia, and I went back to Laos. You <laughs> did go back to Laos. I was just fucking. I, I went back to Laos. <laughs> but I'm back. gonna talk to you in six months. You're gonna be like, I'm sober, but I'm living in Laos. Yeah. <laughs> All right. oh, Oh, I could never go back to that place. No, I don't think you could. <laughs> Definitely not. No. Um, so so I was you in went Laos. back to Laos. Yeah. What brought you to New York City, though, to, so, to Long Island? So I met a gentleman. <laughs> I met a man. <laughs> I met a man in Laos, and he was from Long Island. But so, he told you. But he told you it was New York City, though. He didn't tell you it was no, Long Island. Didn't. There's told- no way in hell. He told you to come back with me to the wonderful Long Island and explain to you what Long Island was. <laughs> he did. He did explain to me what, what Long Island was, but I was I I, I moved there for love. I was <laughs> I was like, oh, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? So, I I was really depressed when I met him. Like my last year in like 
it, or when I say like my last six months in Australia, I like slipped back into like a really, really deep depression. Like I've struggled with depression all my life. Mm. And I, I ended up in a yeah really big depression again. And I went to Laos and I met this guy and I got it into my head. Like, I don't know, when I met him, we fell in love like really quickly, probably because we were drinking all the time. We were just drunk and partying. We were in this like exotic place. We again had no responsibilities, all that kind of stuff. So we fell in love really, really quickly. So I got into my head that this guy was had like saved me. Like all my happiness depended on this guy. I became very, very like dependent on him. And I basically just turned him into another drug. Like as I do with pretty much every fucking thing in my life. Mm-hmm. And so when he was like, Hey, come to fucking Long Island with me, live in this little hellhole, this floating hellhole. I was like, yeah, sure, I'd love to. And so I did. And, uh, Can't be worse than Lau. And then, it, well, there we go. <laughs> and then it and was. It, yeah. And then it just, like, yeah, that was just a disaster. How long dr- did you live with this fella? I lived with him for, like, I don't know, it must have been on and off for, cause, for visa issues, on and off for, like, six months, I guess. Okay, so you were back and forth to New York then. You kept going back and forth to New York? Yeah. I was there for like, I think I was there, must have been there for like three months and then went over to Canada for a little bit and then went back. Yeah, what do you do when you have like a visa issue when you're like, oh, I just got to pop over to Canada for a bit? Do you just like ha- go get a hotel for a couple of days and then come back? No, I had to like, you had to stay there for like, well, because I had a Canadian visa, um, I had a working visa. So I was like, for, for all intents and purposes, I was like a Canadian resident, I guess. Yeah. I think, I think I was out of the States for like three weeks when I was kind of going in between. Okay. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Did, but this love affair with this fella wasn't, didn't have the legs to last. It did not. So once, so going to Long Island, there's, there's nothing for me to fucking do in Long Island. There's nothing. <laughs> so I was I was like working illegally with him so he had he had his own catering company um and so I was working for his catering company like a little bit Um, your life depended upon this dude absolutely 100% literally like your roof your money literally everything depended upon okay yeah I like I I didn't have a car I can't even fucking drive yeah yeah you can't fucking drive here it's on the wrong side of the road I can't drive anyway. <laughs> it's on the driving. I never learned to drive. Like, the wheels I... in the wrong spot. You yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, get... yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. So, like you said, I depended on him completely, like or everything, and I, yeah, that I was, I already had like massive, like low self-esteem anyway, but I like completely lost sense of self, like. I, don't I know think, how to go. yeah, I. And then the kind of like love bubble that we were in was wearing off and my depression oh. came. Yeah, exactly. Proper popped. And then my depression started creeping back in. I was at home a lot while he was out working. And then I couldn't, like, I didn't have any friends, I didn't have any family, I didn't have anyone to see. I couldn't get anywhere because it was Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing to do. Um, You're like, um, oh, New York City. Yeah, I just plenty to do in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, New York City, Long Island. New York City, yeah. Long Island. <laughs> exactly. If we, if we were in New York City, it'd be fine. Sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I, I know that for sure. Like, I spent a lot of time in New York, and it's, there's plenty to do, even if it's just you by yourself. 
yeah. sitting in Central Park and people watching for three hours. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know what, t- what goes by faster, people watching in Central Park or TikTok when you're in Central Park. <laughs> Either way, it goes by really, really quickly, three hours. You look yeah. up and it's like, oh, my God, is it dark? <laughs> you know, because people watching in Central Park or in on the subway, oh, my God. Just sit on the subway if you're feeling safe one day and just enjoy the show. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's people watching. I mean, some of the best in the world is right there. I just had a guy on um, from New York City the other day. And I was just, man, I miss that city so much. Um, We're we're like two hours away where I'm at. And now um, I'm in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Um, Yeah, I'm in the mountains of Pennsylvania. we're the most famous landmark to us that you might have heard of is Scranton, the office, that show. Yeah, I was literally just thinking of the office. I was like, Pennsylvania, I know Pennsylvania. Yeah, the <laughs> office. Yeah, that's about a half an hour from us, Scranton. That's about a half hour from us. So it's, as you know from the show, it's not that far from New York City because they always yeah. drive to New York from yeah. the show. <laughs> You know, so yeah, it's not that far of a ride. It's funny. I have a friend up there and it's, it's easier for just as easy for me to go and visit her as it is for her to hop on a train and go down to Washington DC to see her family, you know, because like, it's so hard to get around in there and in the city of New York in general, like the, it's two hours to New York city and then another hour to get into the city once you get there you know yeah (laughs) so that's just good traffic i you know i wanted to live there one time just so i wouldn't have to have a car because it's one of the only cities in our country that you don't need a car in um and when you're an alcoholic you kind of want those kind of goals and aspirations of not having to have those responsibilities (laughs) um so what happens march 30th of 2020 where you're like something's changing tomorrow well every, so pretty much like what when i moved to long island i pretty much after that had like the worst year of my life like and with, this all leads up to march 31st so um when I, when I was in long island with this guy basically like i depended on alcohol to kind of see me through the day <laughs> I became really reliant on alcohol definitely like knew by then that I was an alcoholic yeah you're um, not just drinking at the bar for fun anymore yeah you're I'm waking like, up and tying one on by 10 a.m yeah 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 exactly and I'm like as soon as he le- left the house I would just like go straight for the bottle and drink um and I was just like would well, you know what if I'm gonna be an alcoholic I'm gonna be a fucking alcoholic <laughs> and then just like just yeah just like drank as as much as I could he ended up kicking me out because I was just because I was an alcoholic I was a really really awful person to live with you know he went on on a little holiday to Laos came back with a fucking drunk I was gonna say what did he expect though yeah I know right I mean what did he really expect you know what I mean and I'm not even being mean to you yeah. You know, but I'm being kind of mean to your old you, but like, what did he really, and you kind of said it yourself, but what did he expect going to Lao and inviting a, not even a girl from Lao, a girl that ran away from the UK that's yeah. living in Lao, bro. And you're going <laughs> to, you're going to bring her to boring Long Island. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you expect, dude? If you, if you would have brought back to Soho, 
you would have been like just drinking your ass off at the bars and found a yeah. job and have been happy and just left him and found a place in New York City. But no, he brought you to fucking Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what did you expect bringing a girl from Laos that's British all the way across the pond? And it's like, now be happy here. I'll yeah. give you all the happiness. And it, it doesn't sound like, was he trying to like make the relationship work? Not really, With, no. No, okay, yeah. Uh, he just kind of, like, left me to it. He just <laughs> kind of wanted, like, a pretty toy to play with, but that wasn't bl- obliterated drunk by the time he came in from work. Yeah, pretty you much. can't play with a toy if it's drunk by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, like, yelling at you every time you come home. Um, <laughs> Were you a belligerent drunk? You would just yell at him? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Why did you bring me here? <laughs> yeah, I was mad. <laughs> I was mad and bored. Like, you know, that's how I was entertaining myself. But he ended up kicking me out. So I moved to Ottawa, which is where I have, which is where I have a friend. I had this Canadian visa. So I was like, oh, I'll go live in Ottawa with my friend. Um, so I started smoking crack over there. Um, I was just like, Daddy. I was, I know, I know. I was like really, really depressed. I was, I just like broken up with what I thought was the love of my life. I was I was like really lost. I was in fucking Ottawa. I didn't want to. I was going to say, there. you're in one of the worst cities in Canada besides Winnipeg. Oh, yeah, all in. the world. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, most so, people don't know about Canadian cities. I kind of yeah. do. Ottawa is not a city. You just want to be like, just, you're literally chilling because it yeah. sucks and it's freezing and there's nothing to do and it just parliaments yeah. everywhere because it's the capital. Um, so, like, it's boring in Ottawa and Winnipeg. I said that, be- and I slammed Winnipeg a little bit, but it's extremely, extremely dirty, and it's extremely, <laughs> extremely dangerous. <laughs> like, I walk through the streets of Quebec City, and it's beautiful, old cobblestone, you know what I mean? Like, complete opposite of, I don't know. I have a few cities I love in Canada and a few that I could do without, but I love Canada in general. Mm-hmm. I would be living there now if it wasn't for co-parenting with our wife's ex, and he can't live in Canada because of past history or whatever um but i love what they do up there i love hockey too i mean yeah yeah that kind (laughs) of helps (laughs) but i had a wild weekend in niagara falls one year and yeah it was one of those like you know we didn't go there expecting to just like i wasn't i wasn't in my addiction right yet i was about I was an alcoholic. I, I was surely an alcoholic already, mm-hmm. but I wasn't doing pills yet. I didn't discover pills really for, for another two months. But when I was there, we were drinking and smoking a lot. And we mm-hmm. went to like this place and bought a bunch of like bongs and bowls and stuff that was like really cheap. Uh, I think it was like High Times. It's like, yeah, they have a shop in Niagara Falls. Right. And um, we couldn't get weed to save our life in Canada in 2008. This was, this was, right. yeah. We could not find we everyone we asked was like I can get you coke I can get you dope I can get you this I can get you that but nobody could get us weed they wow. could get us any other drug in the world and it's like no I just want to smoke some weed and fucking drink yeah. like an adult <laughs> like and you know so I ended up not even smoking it over there and just drank all weekend long but it's a good thing that I was there that year because a year later I probably would have said yes give me all those drugs I'll yeah. do all these drugs. <laughs> Because once you broke your governor on being a drug addict, you're just going to take anything at that point. Uh, uh, you that's know. It. 
that's how I got on the old crack because I like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, so how does that, yeah, because you're just like sitting there and you're just like, oh yeah, Abby, this is cracked. Do you want to try yeah. it? Yeah, well, it was actually my boss who gave it to me. <laughs> so, basically, <laughs> like, I started working at this fast food joint, and and my boss was also going. He was, was he like, the mayor of Toronto? He was, <laughs> 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 he was. He was like, he was going through a breakup as well, and he was also in a really, really bad place, and he was a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. And then he was like, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to fucking start smoking drugs again. Do you want some crack? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we started smoking crack. And that was my way of getting over my breakup. It was awful. So I went on this like four month crack bender. It was very, very unwell. It was it was just hell on earth. What was um, that? <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of that dude's name, that Toronto mayor that was smoking crack all the time. That's all I can think of now I when you say that. About, man, crack is so casual in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You do the normal thing, and it's like, I'm going to get over this relationship by smoking a lot of crack, yeah. a drug that I don't normally do, Yeah. Um, but I have the fuckets, so give it to me. Yeah, so like I went on a four-month crack bender, and then I was like, oh my god, this is actually really fucked up, I need to leave. So I left, I went to Vancouver Island, and I was like, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get better. I started working in this barbecue restaurant, and... Um, yeah, I thought like moving somewhere else, I was everything was gonna be a okay. Turns out my problems just followed me, and it's everything. Weird, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's weird how that happens. Yeah. Um, I wasn't smoking crack anymore, but I was I was drinking so much. I was living in a trailer by myself, and I was just like, oh, oh my god, I just hated myself so much. I hated. And my you're life. in Vancouver. Vancouver Island. Okay, there's a difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was basically like in the forest. <laughs> Living in this, living in a trailer in the forest. Living in a trailer in the forest, but it was, it was like this tourist town. Okay. Uh, but this was like in December. I was like, oh, if I go there like in December, I can get used to it, and then by the time summer comes, I can like make loads of money. Blah blah blah. Um, my my drinking was really out of hand, really really out of hand. Like, uh, yeah. So I was working in this barbecue restaurant, um, and I was just drinking in the morning. I was drinking at work. I was drinking after work. I was I was just drunk all the time, all the fucking time. Um, and then one day I took it a little bit too far and drunk a bottle of vodka whilst I was whilst I was working. <laughs> and my boss came in and I was like, I was just like fucked behind the bar. Like I can barely remember it. What I remember is like sitting on this seat and then he was like shouting at me, like telling me off, and I felt like a little schoolgirl. Um, lost my job, got fired. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. He's so like, this is in Ottawa, Abby. You can't yeah. smoke crack behind the bar and have a job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was like, fuck. I was in I was in my little trailer. And I'm like, oh, my God. My life is just so bad. <laughs> this is the worst. And um, this is when the pandemic hit. This is when COVID hit. And so like, I called my mum up. And I was like, oh, mum, I lost my job because of COVID. <laughs> I was like, I'm coming home. I'm coming back to the UK. But when, when in reality, like I knew that you got out literally just in time, though, for real, yeah, though. Definitely, like, you were almost stuck in Canada. Not stuck, as yeah. like it's a bad thing because there's worse places to be stuck. Yeah, you could have been stuck in Laos, you know. Yeah, exactly. yeah I've got some uh, friends who were stuck in Laos. They had a dreadful time. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it's good that you got out because when. If I'm not mistaken, it was like by the end of May where the travel restrictions, right? 
I guess I must have been. Yeah, I think I I left in like must have been mid March. I think. Okay. Yeah, March twelfth yeah. is when everything shut down here. Right. Yeah. So that makes sense that it was like mid March, and then yeah. you get back home to your mom's. Yeah. And now this is the first time in over a decade, right, that you're living yeah. there because like you're in Laos, you're in Cambodia, you're in Australia, you're in Long Island, you're in yeah. fucking Canada. Yeah. You know, so this is the first time you're home. Your mom has no idea how hard you've been drinking, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, and another thing I totally forgot to mention. Whilst whilst I was in Vancouver, well, they were, oh, no, this isn't even a funny story. This is a sad story. When I was in Vancouver Island, like, I, like my, my drinking was really bad, and I was, I was really, like, really, really depressed. So I ended up in the psych ward after a failed suicide attempt. Um, so I spent, like, a little bit of time in the psych ward. So, but when I when I got home, like, like my like I told my mum that I'd been in the psych ward, and I told her like how unwell I'd been and like the reason why and stuff. Um, yeah, and then uh, so in order to deal with that, I just I just carried on drinking, like for the first couple of weeks. So I was back in at my mum's house. Yeah, carried on drinking. Like, yeah, I was just, and, I was... and to her credit, you know, you she doesn't, you know, you can tell her till you're blue in the face anything yeah you know no parent expects that their kid is drinking as hard as that we get yeah you know what I mean because they don't want to actually have to believe it right because if they actually think it then it's true and then it hurts them more when it's real and I found that a lot it's like the parents way of denying things where it's like no no it's okay you like you drank like when I get back from rehab my parents were like so you can drink? And I'm like, no. I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, I was gone for four months, and yeah. I went for pills, right? And my parents are not alcoholics whatsoever. There's always alcohol in their house because they always know how to throw a party. Yeah. You know what I mean? I swear my mom is ready for a party tomorrow, like, every day of the week, but she doesn't drink. She'll, you know, but there's always alcohol. But So they were just confused. They're not yeah. used to AA and all that kind of stuff. So when I got back from being gone for four months— they're like, so you can have a drink? And I'm like, no. They're like, not even like a cup or a glass of wine? I'm like, no, I don't drink anymore. Like, it's just, you know, so like they don't they don't understand. They wanted me to be sober. They wanted me to be clean from pills. They wanted my yeah. life to be manageable and not off the rails. But they didn't know. You know, if I was some other guy that care, didn't care about the program, was just getting sent out to rehab, I would have been like, yeah, I can still fucking drink. Let me get a beer, dad. You know, yeah. like, but no, it's, do you, do you work a program now? Um, I don't, I don't work a program. I do go to meetings, um, every now and then. Okay. Like, so you, you do, you, but you kind of do everyone. So work a program, people think, you know, it's just AA and NA. I don't consider that yeah. working a, working a program to me is something that you design for yourself as a way to stay sober. So yeah. like, you know, your program is creating content. Your program is going yeah. to meetings sometimes, having support set up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what what would you say the biggest thing you do for your sobriety is now that you have over a year in your belt? Probably uh, gym. I go, to, I go to the gym, like, a lot. And, like, exercise helps me stay, stay sober, for sure. Um, also, meditation. Like, that's a big one. That's like my yeah. wife's like go-to shit for staying sober. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like 
um when I was when I was in like early sobriety especially in my first year like oh man I turned meditation into another drug like I was meditating for like three hours a day like and then doing yoga on top of that like <laughs> you should yeah. you gotta meet my friend Jade <laughs> my friend she like she's been on my show um she's mm. in like local to to us but yeah, when she got sober, then she got certified in being a yoga instructor. Amazing. She did like um, retreats, like to do like all this shit, like like, and she travels all over by herself. Like nice. she went to South America recently to do that um, that thing that we just said that I can't say the oh, word of. Thank you. She yeah. just went to <laughs> South America to do that recently, nice. and she's ten years, you know, clean and sober. Maybe. So yeah, you know, so that's that's what it reminds me of when you say shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and and in meetings, what kind of meetings do you go to sometimes? Um, so I go to there's an AA meeting that's like, well, it's actually like across. It's it's not not my local meeting. It's like all the way across London, but it's a, there's like really cool people there, really nice people. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. so you found your way back to London. Yeah, yeah, so I'm in London now. I'm in London now. I live, like, like in the sticks, though, in, like, the suburbs. I live in... So when I was living in London before, I was living in, like, the East End, where it was, like, grotty, like, dive bars and warehouses. Isn't and, the like, East End, cheaper. like, the end... Isn't that the end that, like, Jack the Ripper hung out at? Yeah. I yeah. thought so. Yeah. I thought I recognized yeah. that East End, like, darkness yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, he did um, a lot of his old murders, a lot of his murders next to my... my a lot university. of his murders were next to my... <laughs> yeah, next to the university that I pretended to go to. <laughs> you know, that college yeah. that I went to? Yeah. yeah. He murdered people near it. No big deal. You know, yeah. in 1890. <laughs> I could still feel the ghost of that prostitute when I would go to class. <laughs> so... <laughs> But that's awesome. I'm so glad we got the chance to talk, Abby. And, yeah. you know, I'm so glad that, you know, you're doing what you're doing now video wise, because it does help a lot of people, you know, yeah, just putting so. yourself out there. And yeah. I think more importantly, it helps you like stay accountable. It does. It does. And it helps me like work through some of my shit, like and I'll that's... make a video and I'll like write a caption or something and I'll be like, oh shit, I had no idea I felt that way. <laughs> But let's be real, you are hitting that dopamine effect when you're getting those likes and you're getting yeah, a bit. But then also they're like counteracted by all the trolls. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you night. gotta ignore the comments. Yeah. And then someone would be like, addiction is a choice. And I'm like, oh fuck you. <laughs> when was it that all of a sudden your Instagram blew up? Because you don't just get fifty thousand overnight. Let's no. be on let's be real. Yeah, I did I made this video um that got like eleven million views um it was this video or like it was like a montage of pictures of me in active addiction and they were like the worst pictures that I could find and then at the end um like it shows me how I am today yeah like it's like a glow up and it's me in a pretty dress looking all like stable and normal uh, people want to hear from the creators you know people see your videos and I've had other creators from TikTok yeah. and meme creators on here and people are loving being able to like hear more of the story behind the person who gives us stories kind of thing. Yeah. That's so it. thank you so much again for sitting down. I know it's late for you over there, so I'll let you get some rest. You too. Have a good night, Abby. Right. See you later. Right, bye-bye. Bye. See you.